I haven't slept for three months. Three months, not a single night's sleep. Is that even a possible feat? The record has been 11 days and 25 minutes for decades, held to this day by Randy Gardner. But sleep is not simply the act of falling unconscious at night. Sleep is so much more. Our brains spend nighttime going through several cycles, arguably the most important one being REM sleep, which is when we experience dreams. Whether they are memorable or not, they are necessary. Without REM, our minds will slowly fall apart over weeks and months until the brain simply shuts down. Oh, how I miss the sweet bliss of a dream. Hell, I'd even take a lifetime of nightmares over this constant torture. You see, I suffer from an extremely rare condition called fatal familial insomnia. And as badass as that name sounds, I can assure you it's nothing more than a curse. With this disease, I am unable to dream and only light sleep will be ever achievable for me. As far as insomnia goes, this is the lethal kind that slowly but effectively is turning my brain into Swiss cheese. By the end of this year, I will be dead. Spare me the pity, spare me the words of consolation. I've had a good life and I've come to take terms with my fate. I will meet my maker soon, but I fear I have to pay for a terrible mistake I made. About a week into my diagnosis, the lack of proper sleep was already a heavy burden on my mental and physical health. In my peripheral vision, I started to see blurry figures moving around even when I was supposedly alone. Hallucinations were one of the main expectations for my disease, but they persisted even while I took my medication meant to suppress the symptoms. I quit my job quickly after my diagnosis. Due to my life insurance, I was paid a neat sum of money that could keep me in a comfortable lifestyle for the few months I had left. So I spent my time researching. You'd be surprised how many people attempt to stay awake for days at a time, simply for the hallucinogenic experience. They even have large forums dedicated to just that. These forums are where I first learned about the shadow realms, dimensions or realities beyond our own world that we can only see as our minds break down. Robert Holes, one of the members, wrote, Our minds are incredible creations that allow us to experience the world around us, enjoying the emotions provided by chemical interactions within our brain. We love, we learn, we live. Our minds also function as a filter, protecting us from things beyond our comprehension. But these filters deteriorate as we get tired, which is why we need to sleep. Without this nighttime habit, the walls between us and the shadow realm start to break down, and you can truly see everything that exists out there. Ever seen something standing by the foot of your bed just as you fall asleep, only for it to disappear when you wake up from the resulting surge of adrenaline? That's one of them, one of the shadow people. Now, I figure that since people normally can't stay awake for more than a few days at a time, they never truly appreciate the horrors that emerge from the shadow realm. Since I hadn't experienced deep sleep for about two weeks at the time, the blurry figures finally started to become more clear. The shadow people are everywhere, and mostly, they simply observe us, following people around while studying them for whatever reason. They almost never interfere. On the rare occasion that they do, however, nothing good happens. Times when people suddenly fall over dead in the street without a known cause, that's them. Since they were mostly just there, I didn't decide to follow them until one month into my diagnosis. I noticed one crossing the street, a tall lanky shadow walking with slow but determined steps. I started pursuit due to morbid curiosity. What would it do? A man walked down the street, blissfully unaware of the shadow, 
He was in his early 50s wearing a tailored suit. The creature walked behind the man, seemingly intrigued. This went on for a few minutes, until the creature slowly reached out its thin hand towards the man. It touched him on his shoulder, softly like a feather falling from the sky, and the man dropped to the ground while clutching his chest. I'm not a doctor, but I've taken enough CPR courses through various occupations to know what a heart attack looks like. I instinctively pulled my phone out to call an ambulance before I ran over and started chest compressions. It felt like an eternity passed as I kept pushing down on his chest. The ribs cracked under the force of my hands while my muscles burned. When the ambulance finally arrived, I was drenched in sweat. The paramedics came running to bring the man into the ambulance. One of them took my name and number before jumping into the back and closed the doors. Just as he did, I got another glimpse of the man I had helped. There was something familiar about his face. By the time my surge of adrenaline wore off, the creature was already gone. A day later, the hospital called to thank me for my efforts. He had miraculously recovered and would be able to live, all thanks to me. The event filled me with a longing to make a difference. Over the next month, I started following the shadow people around. They were everywhere, but only a few of them moved around in a purposeful manner. Those were the ones I knew would strike. A young man, no more than 25, managed to crash his car. There was no discernible reason why he had swerved off the completely straight road, but the resulting wreckage was pretty bad. I managed to get him out of the car just in time, before the gas tank ignited and the car drowned in a blazing fire. The shadow that had seemingly pushed the car off the road had taken notice of me. For a moment, I stared into its empty face, and at that moment, I knew that they were aware of my ability. The man I saved was luckily unscathed from the incident, and I left straight after I had called emergency services. A few days later, I saved another man. He had fallen out of the third floor of his office building. No one except for myself noticed. The fall broke a few of his ribs, which subsequently punctured both of his lungs. But because I was quick to call for help, he was saved. I looked up at the window he had fallen from. Another shadow person stood there. Despite having no face, I knew it was staring at me, judging me for interfering with their kills. Days and weeks passed and I quickly lost count of all the people I had saved, but my body could hardly keep up the effort as my disease progressed. Soon it would succumb to pure exhaustion, and there was nothing I could do about it. My determination was beginning to fade. The news just happened to be on one day. Quite frankly, I couldn't even remember turning the television on. Forgetfulness and memory loss had become a faithful enemy in my disease. A familiar face appeared on the television screen. It was the first person I saved, the man who suffered a heart attack on the street. His name was Samuel Walker, and he had apparently been on the news for the past few months after being linked to several murders, two of which he committed during his trial after I had saved his life. I sat motionless and stared at the man. Was it really him? Had I saved him and thus allowed him to kill innocent people? Did they know? What else could I do but to research each person I had saved? The young man I pulled from the car wreck went home to murder his girlfriend after I saved him. She would have lived if not for me. Each person I had saved was a murderer, rapist, violent criminal, and each went on to commit horrible acts after I saved them. They knew I had been defeated. In my quest to do good, I had committed a horrible mistake, one that had resulted in the lives lost of innocent and good people. After the horrifying realization I gave into my disease, I didn't leave the house for days. I only drank until I passed out which was nothing more than darkness, no dreams to escape to, no alternate reality. Suicide was an option frequently crossing my mind, 
it would be so easy to simply give up and face the consequences. I was not alone. A group of shadow people were standing around me. How had I not noticed them before? Were they there to punish me, take me over to the shadow realm? No, they just stood there. I can't explain what happened, but we communicated. Not with words, not with thoughts. We just had an understanding. Do not interfere in their business. As grotesque and immoral as it might seem, their actions are necessary to balance out the evils of this world. In the blink of an eye, they were gone. I had been given a second chance, although that only meant a few more months on this earth. A few more months to undo my mistakes. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy these stories, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out some more of my episodes here.